0: Welcome to another post-game live here on Dime Dropper for the 2023-24 season. Tonight, we have got the favorite kind of LA night where both sets of fans are happy. Lakers getting a big win over the Detroit Pistons and the Clippers getting maybe their best win of the season against the Sacramento Kings. So, before we get into it, you already know the drill. Make sure you subscribe on Dime Dropper for all things NBA, especially LA Sports and LA Basketball. Hit the notification bell so you know every single time we go live or I post a video. Recent videos, check out all my vlogs this season. They've been electric. Every single one besides the Wemby one has gotten over 1,000 views. And... The Basketball and Figueroa Episode 6 I released today with Edwin. Remember, that's a weekly podcast where we talk all things Lakers, Clippers, and Sparks. Obviously, it's not WNBA season, but we talk Lakers, Clippers. Check that out. Preview all the weeks, games, and all that. I see 13 people on Twitter, and here's what I'm going to say to the Twitter people. Get off that thing and go to the link that I have posted right underneath the tweet that you're watching. I am getting paid off Twitter these days, but forget it. I like everybody coming to YouTube because I'm trying to hit this 10K and I'm actually starting to get closer. We're at 7,000 right now. Thank you, James Harden. 13 strip of Jane Harden and the Rust stands. All these stands that I despise so much because I'm so anti-stand. Everybody knows that. I don't think that you really look at the game objectively more 90% of the time. Now, there's that 5%. There's that 5% that I can tolerate. So I'm deleting the link, by the way, Twitter people. So hop into the YouTube. There's that 20% I can tolerate. I'm sorry. I increased it. 5% I can tolerate. But that's just being, honestly, that's even being generous. I I can't even, I can't really stand them. Um, But you know what? Right now they're helping the traction on the channel. So we'll take it. We'll take it. Um, So check out the recent videos. Let's get into the games tonight. Let's. I'm gonna start with the Lakers first because the game was less eventful and th- it was the earlier game. And I'm gonna give Clipper fans a chance to hop in. Remember, super chats are turned on. If you want to drop a dollar or a dime, any donation is appreciated. Uh, anything helps. Increase my my you know my. I can get better equipment and stuff like that. My mics are a little muffled right now. The lavaliers at the games. I kind of want to upgrade those. So anything's appreciated. But oof, yeah, man. I'm trying to get to this 10k. We're getting close, so shout out to everybody, man. Especially those of you that have been there since the beginning. I know exactly who you are. I still remember, and as I said, I'm going to repay you one day, I promise. The love does not go unnoticed. I appreciate everybody so much, especially the people that have come up to me at the games recently. That's the best feeling in the world, because, man, this this is uh, it's hard work, even though I'm not getting paid enough for it, but it's hard work, but we're going to get up there. Shout out to my mods, DL2 in the building. I see you down there, brother. Let's talk about the Lakers first. So the Lakers going against the Detroit Pistons after they got absolutely smacked by the Sixers. I talked about that game on Basketball Figueroa. Um, D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Davis. It was that kind of night. It was that kind of night from the jump. Really good stuff out of pick and rolls with the two of them involved. D'Lo had... You know, it's funny with D'Lo and Anthony Davis because that's why they can be so frustrating. Because you see them play like this and then other nights they lay an egg. Now, somebody might say... Anybody can look good against the Detroit Pistons. And I'm going to talk about the Pistons in a second. But in Anthony Davis' case, I disagree. In D'Lo's case, you might be right. Because first time we saw him at the highest level of basketball last playoffs against Denver, and it didn't look very good. Anthony Davis, while he has declined since 2020, mainly in the jump shot and fluidity category with all the injuries he's been through, he still can play Really well at a high level. At the highest level against anybody in the world. It's really all mental. We're both of them. It's that aggression. But Anthony Davis, he is the one that you got to look at. Because if you're relying on 30, soon to be 39 next month. Um, when you're looking at LeBron to be that dude at 39 years old, you're asking a lot. You're asking him to do something that nobody's ever done. And if anybody can do it, it's LeBron James. But... Nah, I think everybody really knows that it's got to be a D LeBron can close and he's the leader, but it's got to be AD That's the most impactful player throughout the game. And defensively, he's always going to be fantastic. And he was no different tonight, but it's that offense. And I loved how he was, if I'm looking at it from a Laker fan perspective, following up every single shot, you know, trying to get an offensive rebound. I've talked about when, how often he tries to seal and how deep he tries to seal in the low post, when he gets the ball around the basket, because right now, let's be real, he's kind of only a one-level scorer in the paint. His mid-range has not been good enough. His jump shots in general have not been good enough. His three ball, you don't even want him to take it anymore. Let's see if he took any in this game. Zero. And it was fine. He had a great game. He gets the line, and he puts a lot of pressure on your defense. You know, part of the reason why Warriors fans were bitching so much last year in the playoffs is because they don't have somebody like AD that's going to be dominant down low. They're not going to have that. That creates so many fouls. It's hard to play defense without fouling. So, AD, I thought he was awesome on both ends blocking shots and drop coverage, finishing around the basket, setting good screens. And then Delo, you know, not only was his jumper falling, but in the pick and roll, the way he was kind of just being patient, being confident, and that deceleration and then acceleration, that stop and go, he was doing that so well, creating contact, finishing around the rim, getting floaters going. And the Laker defense, it was pretty solid. I think Detroit actually still generated a lot of open looks. But they can't shoot the ball. And I've watched Detroit play actually a decent amount this season. And by the way, I'm going to have an episode coming where I'm going to be talking about every single team grading them through 20 games. I've purposely not talked about a lot of teams on here because you know how at the end of the pods, I'll always talk about some teams I'm checking around the league. I've still been checking around the league, but I've been kind of behind and I'm trying to see certain things. So I'm almost caught up. With everybody, yeah, I see comments about the Warriors. Definitely going to be one of the teams I'm, uh, I haven't talked about in a while that I'm going to talk about. Boston as well. So these kind of teams, Milwaukee with Dame, Philly. I'm going to be talking about every team. And Detroit's one of the teams I've been watching here and there, right? I actually think that they aren't as bad as, as their records shows. I know that sounds crazy, but in the games I watch, they always compete. The thing is, now I see everybody blaming Monty Williams. Everybody was blaming Dwayne Casey. Here's the thing about this team, right? They don't have a lot of good shooters from the three, and that's just something you you kind of need some of at least in today's NBA, if not a lot. Cade Cunningham, I like the decisions that he makes. I think he's got tons of potential, but shooting 41% in today's NBA is not good enough. That's not good. You know what I'm saying? With all the space in today's game. Oh, okay. You can make an argument the Pistons don't really have that good of spacing. They have a bunch of bigs. They don't can't shoot threes well. But I see you can still generate enough shots and good looks in today's game to me. I think Kate, 41% is no excuse, to be honest. There's none. He's got to get better in terms of shooting the ball. Killian Hayes, I saw he just got benched. I know he plays good defense, and I think he's been better. In, in the games I've watched, he's been better this year. But he still can't really shoot the ball like that. Asar Thompson, awesome defender already. Great rebounder for his size. Stupid athletic. Can't shoot the ball like that. From what I've seen so far. And you know what? Just so I don't sound ignorant. Let's look at the stats individually for this team going into this game. So I'm not just talking. Three-point percentage. Let's look at it. Kevin. like Guys that don't play lead their team in three-point percentage. Isaiah Stewart. Marcus Sasser. You could clearly tell he was one of the only guys that had, looked like he had a good jump shot. Everybody else is under 35%. Cade, 33%. Killian Hayes, 30 Isaiah Livers, who made most of them in this in tonight, 27%. Asar Thompson is shooting 13% from three. And then they play, you know, Jalen Duren, James Wiseman, Marvin Bagley. These aren't three point shooters. So they don't really have much of that. It's easy to defend them. Lakers weren't worried at all. LeBron, he didn't even have to break a sweat defensively. And offensively, I thought he was just in cruise control. He didn't even have to do too much on the ball, but he still did a little bit. And man. Some absolute dimes being thrown by LeBron, Old Palmer, in this one. He had this one left hand. It didn't even lead to an assist, but it was one-handed left hand across the court from the post. Do you know how many players in NBA history can make that pass? Not as many as you think. Not that they're actually going to pull it off in a game. They can do it in pickup when they have all the confidence in the world. But, I mean, (laughs) some of the bullet passes that LeBron throws are just incredible. Um, Class, in the highest class, of course. But Anthony Davis and D'Lo, it was their night and and somebody else i want to give a shout out to Austin Reeves and Cam Reddish. Austin Reeves i thought he came off the bench gave the Lakers a good spark, got to the basket, was aggressive in pick and roll, had this really nice layup where he came up under the other to the other side to use the rim as a shot protector against James Wiseman. Austin Reeves had 6 points, 3 rebounds and 4 assists in his 24 minutes on 3 for 8 shooting. He was actually 0 for 4 from 3 but 3 for 4 overall. I'm I'm sorry, 3 for 4 from 2. Christian Wood, both Christian Wood and Jackson Hayes were in drop coverage when they were in. I thought they were pretty good. It's honestly kind of funny that I'm even breaking down X's and O's like that for this game because I shouldn't need to. The Lakers were just better because they are better. The thing about Detroit is, and by the way, Christian Wood, 12 points, 9 rebounds on 4-for-9 shooting, 0-for-4 from 3. It's actually a very similar kind of stat line to Austin Reeves, but he was 4-for-4 from the line, a rare game where Austin doesn't get any free-throw attempts. Max Christie, Only five points, two rebounds, and two assists. But I thought his defense at the point of attack was really solid. And it's just his defense overall, one-on-one, was solid. He was a plus 13 in his minutes. He was 0 for 3, though. All his points came from the foul line, 5 for 5. And then Torian Prince. It was good to see him, as a Laker fan, knock down his three ball. He shot four shots. They were all threes, and he made three of them. So he'll take 75% from three and decent defense all day long. Good defense. Nine points for him in 23 minutes. You saw the return of Cam Reddish. And let me tell you this. He didn't start in this game. They still stayed with Christie. I expect that to change. Cam got 20 minutes. He had a donut. Three rebounds, two assists. 0 for 3 from the field and 0 for 2 from 3. You might think, oh, trash performance. Let me tell you something about Cam Reddish. The way he has been defending so far this season in the I mean, in general, has been very impressive, but he has the, the Nicholas Batum knack for backcourt steals when the other team least expects it. So like when guys that are getting the ball on the inbounds aren't paying attention, because they think everyone's gotten back, he'll come for that steal. When they turn and they don't see him, he'll come for that steal. When their back is turned and they get startled when they s- turn and see him and they travel, he does that; those kind of things. And he d- d- had another turnover created like that in the backcourt in this game. So super impressed with that. Li- those little things he's doing that in all the other stops I've seen him in, Cam Reddish, I haven't seen that. Even though I did say when I was doing Atlanta Hawks post games at times in the 2021 season when I didn't have a job and I was really still COVID world, I, was, I had them as a dime-dropper team, and I talked about Cam Reddish having good defensive potential, but it's good to see him playing well. And then you've got the, the big three tonight, D'Lo, LeBron, and AD. I'm going to start with LeBron. 25 points. Wow, I didn't even feel like that. 25 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. He had a really good third quarter. 9 for 19 from the field, 2 for 6 from 3, and 5 for 5 from the line. And let me tell you, LeBron had a couple of dunks in this one. There was one against Killian Hayes, one-on-one. Remember when LeBron sets the screen and they switch when it's the the one four pick and roll with LeBron being the four setting the screen and with like D'Lo or Austin Reeves man and they get that switch. If LeBron's in that aggressive kind of mode, which he's really been in this whole season. He's getting to that basket. His shoot his shooting percentage is off the charts right now. He was shooting fifty six percent coming into this game, if I'm not mistaken. Let me double check. Just unreal at this age. Uh, it's going to drop a little bit after this game. Nine for 19. Boo-hoo. <laughs> but he's just playing at such a high level right now. And he had a couple of nice dunks. And I could sense that there was a lot of LeBron fanboys in the building tonight at uh, Little Caesars. You could feel it. You could see it. They don't sound like Laker fans to me because when they're getting so much louder for LeBron O'Palmer, Palmer it sounds like Stan behavior. Please don't call. I'm wondering why. I... Classic. Shout out Eminem. All right, D'Angelo Russell, what a game for him. His best of the season offensively, but, you know, it is the Pistons, so I don't know if I'm going to say the best of the season. But maybe, Laker fans, you let me know in the comments if you think this was his best game of the season. 35 points, 4 rebounds, 9 assists, 1 steal, and 2 blocks. He filled it up. As the great George Blaha, the Detroit Pistons color uh, play-by-play man, longtime play-by-play man that might retire this season, would say, fills it up. And D'Lo was doing just that. How about AD? The best player on the floor tonight, 28 points, 16 boards, 4 assists, a steal, and 3 blocks. My God, in 29 minutes. 28-16, 4, a steal, and 3 blocks, and 0 turnovers in 29 minutes. Monster production. 9 for 15 from the field, 10 for 13 from the foul line. For the Pistons, nobody exceeded 15 points. Their highest score was Cade. He shot 40%, though. Jaden Ivey was 1 for 6. He's now starting again. Duren, six points. He was non-existent. Pistons. You know, here's my thing about the Pistons, right? Their whole team, by the way, it was 133-107. to 107. Uh, Lakers outscored them by 14 in the first quarter, 38-24, to 24, and they never really looked back. Before I get into the Clippers, the Pistons, they started a, a team of guys, a starting five of guys that are fourth year and under. There's no vets. It kind of reminds me of Houston last year. They just, like, they're not going to beat a team with D'Lo and LeBron and Anthony Davis. Like, these guys are vets compared to them. Torian Prince and Cam Reddish have, like, are, I don't know about Cam Reddish. He's maybe, what, what is his, his fifth season? Yeah, it's his fifth season. But, like, Torian Prince, for example, like, he's a vet to the Detroit Pistons. Like, I know, and, you know, Bogdanovich and Joe Harris are injured, but... You need some decent vets, to be honest, if you want to actually be competitive. You can't just have a team of young guys. They're just going to make mistakes. They'll go through their trials and tribulations, but it really helps having those experienced heads around, in my opinion. Uh, you see with Houston right now. But anyway, good win for the Lakers to bounce back. They are now ten and eight on eleven and eight on the season. Let's go to the Clippers, but before we go to the Clippers, gonna read some of the comments. Let's talk about the Clips, who got, I think, their best win of the season in this one, probably. Let me know, Clipper fans, what you think in the comments? Dallas, the argument is that they were on a back-to-back, and the Clippers— I'm sorry, the Clippers were on a back-to-back, and Dallas had two days rest. And then this one is the—well, Can- it's at Sacramento. But Clippers, you know, had something to prove after losing that game to Denver, which was one of the worst—people were calling it the worst loss of the 2-1-3 era in the regular season. I'd have to really go back and check. But that was pretty bad. This was a bounce back, you know. The defensive effort. I always look at this, those. My favorite two words: defensive intensity. See where it was at. It was much higher in every aspect. Running. Got, clearly, the plan was to run Sacramento Kings players off the three point line. Kevin Herter, I want to see how many threes he even got off in this game. Five. Yeah. I mean, he's looking to get. They're looking to get him shooting more of those. Malik Monk only five. You know, De'Aaron Fox shot eight of them, made three. And by the way, De'Aaron had forty points. And I literally didn't even, like, notice it. Like, I was shocked when, when Brian said that he had 36 points or something. I was like, you know, I think what he was doing was scoring a lot of those filler points. I, use, I call them filler points when your team's down by 18 or 20, and someone's got to stop the bleeding, right? NBA players are eventually going to score, and the defense is just kind of, you know, being a little lax for that possession. Like, at the end of runs, it just felt like he was scoring the points that someone was going to score, and he was keeping them kind of within striking distance, I guess, for today's NBA. They made a little push late, and I'm happy that we withstood it. Didn't let it get within single digits, which is ultimately the the goal. So I, I, that's what I call it. I don't think those that 40 points didn't feel effective. I'm not taking anything away from De'Aaron Fox and saying don't score but it didn't feel effective you know i think i always say 40 points is not the same as 40 points when your team loses by double digits and we were going underneath screens and he wasn't getting two feet in the paint constantly like he always does and i felt like there was not that many good looks for the kings then i don't think that was that great of a game like i wasn't that scared of fox fox usually tortures us wasn't scared of it at all and, you know, the back-to-back definitely wore on the Sacramento Kings. They were pushed to the brink by the Warriors. Not like I watched the game because, of course, I'm a little behind on the Warriors. That's the team I've been watching a lot of, just Chris Paul's minutes, because I really want to see what that's like. And I'll give you a nice breakdown of my opinion soon. But the man that got off to the great start in this one tonight for us. <laughs> 13 strip was James Harden. Wow. Complaining about his aggressiveness. We have been, which is very warranted. And look, I I don't want it to be twisted like people thinking that this guy's being super unselfish. It's not when he's not being super unselfish. He's being passive to a fault because he's trying to, you know, blend in and trying to not do too much. Nah, bro. Passing up open threes is not helping anybody. He has this. I checked today on NBA.com. He still has the ball in his hands the most on our team, and he's touched the ball. He gets the most touches per game. Shocker. Not. Fuck out of here. He hasn't changed. Like the way he's not gonna change what he wants to do, which is be on the ball, which is fine. That's what he brought him in to do. But the way he knocked down the three ball in this one and shot it without hesitation, that's what we want to see. First play. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that we haven't gone to this more because this is what I envisioned for the team when we got James Harden. Was Kawhi in the mid post? Teams and and James Harden one pass away. Teams are scared of Kawhi. They double with that man. He makes the quick pass to James for an open three that Russ wasn't going to hit. And we did it more in this game. And once he made that first three, and then I think he got an and one going downhill. It was either, I think it was a step back in the corner first. And then an and one going turning the corner off pick and roll. You knew he was just feeling it. And I think I've said it before, and I said it before the trade. It's all about if his three balls falling for James when it comes to his having a great game. Because he can still have a good game by, you know, creating good shots for people. But when his three ball is not falling, he's just not looking to be as aggressive. And the teams are guarding him differently. So teams are going to really be more, you know, I should say less hesitant to send their bigs out to him. You know, bring their bigs out to the level of the screen when he's knocking down the three ball. And then what happens when teams really respect it and they're basically blitzing him on the ball screen He can pass the ball to Zoo or Tice or whoever it may be. Even Terrence we saw tonight when we were putting Vizankov in the pick and roll in the third quarter. Sacramento did not want to switch Vizankov onto Paul George or or, uh, Harden. So he was showing and trying to recover, and he was too slow to do that. And Harden was making some nice behind-the-back passes to Terrence Mann. Terrence had one of his better offensive games of the season tonight, which was great. Just attacking off those short roll situations. He shot a couple of threes with less hesitation. And he also got into his mid range a little bit. One of those times in the short roll, he stopped and popped for a midi. And then there was another time where he took that one falling away to his right, which he's kind of gotten a lot better at. Wow, Terrence, man, 18 points. I didn't even think it was that much. That's a season high, my friends. 8 for 12 from the field, 66%. Defensively, not the best game for Terrence, but you know our defense is always going to look better when he's on the court because he's going to fly around, he's going to run guys off the line, and he's going to give a shit. People don't give enough about that giving a shit part these days because it's not statistical. People love those stats. Terrence, man, gives you the little things. And, you know, going for rebounds, right? Three rebounds, an assist. Going for offensive rebounds, you know. Making a guy box out as opposed to just getting back on D—that matters when you're dealing with real humans, you know. It doesn't—is there a stat for going up for an offensive rebound, forcing the defender to box out for a rebound as opposed to getting back? There's no stat for that, right? Because the other—the guy's still gonna get a rebound, or the team's still gonna get a rebound, but you're physically making someone—a human being—that's playing a game, right? Not a fucking robot or a 2K player. Make them work harder. So that's for all the stat lovers. That matters. That matters. These are real human beings we're talking about. So anyway, let's talk about... uh, Yeah, so James Harden, it was not Plumber Jim tonight. No fixing pipes, knocking down threes. 17 points in the first quarter. Turning the corner better off screens. And you know, I I was on burst watch in terms of him him and Kawhi because they looked like they could not get by anybody last game. James Harden... He doesn't have the same burst he had before the injury, hamstring injury in Brooklyn. That's just a fact. But he got by Harrison Barnes and Kawhi also got by Harrison Barnes one time. So I think it's a little bit more about Harrison Barnes. (laughs) Three times I counted. He got beat one-on-one by Kawhi and Harden combined. Trey Lyles also got beat off the bounce a bit. But with Kawhi and Harden, it's this, right? It's just normal basketball stuff. If you're making your jump shot, and the team is respecting that more and getting closer to you. It's easier to get by someone. That's not rocket science, right? The thing about Harden is, in the past, you want him to take that step back three. You put a hand up and live with it because if he his first step was really a huge part of his scoring bag back in the game, back in the day. And when he turns that corner, or back back in the day, he could turn the corner super easily. And he he was either making a play or he was getting fouled, right? But, so now you're actually trying to kind of get into his airspace. You're living with the step back three, but it's going to be more heavily contested than before. And then he's not turning the corner the same way. So in this game, I thought he did better by just, it's as simple as this. He didn't magically have more speed tonight. He made his threes and he started just looking at the basket more. He started being a little bit more aggressive. Like for, even if you don't have crazy burst, you know what James Harden still does have a handle. He's got a handle. Even if I don't like the, his ISO package, I fucking hate it actually. Still, that's not going to change. That's my, my taste, right? But it's still a fa- Like he still can get by people and he still mixes people. He still has a good crossover and he has a good step back. And so when he's hitting that, I think he actually dribbled less tonight. I think he wasted less time tonight. I don't think we, he had the ball in his hands more. I saw some Harden stands coming at me saying, you know, the difference was they ran it through James. Have you not been watching the last six games since we put, put Russ on the bench? We've been running our shit through James. He he, It looked better tonight because he actually wasn't being weak in terms of looking to score. Look at the fucking basket, bro. You averaged 36 points in a season. Uh, It's not even about isolation. Take what the defense gives you. What has he been doing not uh, enough of? Firing the catch and shoot three. You know what he did in this game? Let it fly. You know what else he hasn't been doing enough of? When he actually is turning the corner, he's not looking to take that floater. You know what he did tonight? He knew Sabonis was weak rim protecting first quarter right into his body. He used to do that for a living back in the day, but he could elevate more, and he was coming with more speed downhill. So he's going into guys like a Mack truck with a bunch of skill. Now he can't really get off the ground the same way. He doesn't have that same lift. So he's against good rim protectors, he's not going to get that stuff. But other than that, really good playmaking for him. Just a really good first quarter and a shock. An absolute shock at the end of the first. Ty Lu brought in Kobe Brown. I also want to remind people no Keegan Murray in this game for Sacramento, which makes a difference. They started Chris Duarte and it just wasn't the same. But Kobe Brown? And then after the game, Ty Lu says that he's going to be in the rotation. Are we dreaming a champion, a, a, a rookie? Getting in a championship contending team or a team with championship contending aspirations into the rotation? Wow. Glenn Rivers would have never done that. Never. And you know what? It makes sense. P.J. Tucker, love the guy. Not for what he's done with the Clippers because I love the way he played in the past. Super hard nose. One of the guys I would take with me to war. Great role player. Earned every bit of that ring in 2021 with the Bucks. Also was super kind to me and my family when I met the whole 2013 Suns team. But he's past it. Kobe Brown, for all his defensive faults, and it's, he's going to have to learn, you know, on the fly. He had a little bit of a rough stretch. They were kind of going at him. He was getting fouls uh, early in that fourth quarter. He played 11 minutes in this game. But the thing about him is just more athletic. He's still going to try on defense. He's a very solid passer. And he's going to let that three fly without hesitation. In this game, he shot two threes, made one of them, got two rebounds. Three points. That's already more points than P.J. Tucker had gotten in a lot of games. So that was awesome to see Kobe Brown actually getting minutes. And now we're going to actually get to see him get minutes. He could be huge for us going forward. Who knows? Second, by the way, the first quarter, the Clippers won it 35-27. to So you started to finally see. This was the first game, in my opinion where the Clippers' offense just looked like it was rolling on all cylinders. Like, it could be one of the better offenses in the league because they have three-star players in that starting lineup. And Zubots and Terrence Mann are good fits around them in the sense that they're role players. They're not going to demand the ball. They're going to do the other things. And, man, how about Zubots tonight? How about Zubots the last couple of games? Let's put some fucking respect on it because he was looking shaky. I was even calling him out. He's been hooping lately and people just don't like him because he's not the quickest laterally and he's white and doesn't get off the ground and can't shoot th- threes or jumpers. He actually can hit the mid-range in my opinion, but we never let him shoot that. I wonder what his career percentage on mid-ranges is. Mid-ranges are. It's probably not that bad, I promise. But yeah, that's why people don't like him. Let's be real. Any white European slow-footed big that can't really shoot threes and isn't that athletic is going to get hated on like a lot because when it's bad it's going to look really bad. As far as Zoo in the first half, he was missing all his chippies and all his shots around the paint, just rimming out or a little bit long. But he was still doing a really good job protecting the paint. And we were going under the screens on Fox, and I thought Harden's defense was actually pretty solid at times in that first because they were trying to go at him. And I thought he was just working working much harder than the other night. And that just shows how much it, it, effort it is because against Denver, like he and Paul George had terrible defensive games, and then tonight they were much better. So it's really all effort, you know? Kevin Herter, like, the, the Kings just had no legs. And you know one way to keep the Kings out of transition? Make shots. Score. So then you can set up your defense. The Clipper defense was really solid tonight. Kings, you know, Fox still got his points, but I just, I wasn't scared of them at all. I wonder how much of that is Keegan Murray not playing back-to-back. That was probably the worst game I've seen the Kings play in the Mike Brown era. Like, seriously. I don't obviously don't watch them every game, but that was, I watched all their playoff games last year, I mean in some games last year, regular season. Worst game of the Mike Brown era to me that I've seen. That was pitiful. I was not scared for any second. Second quarter, you get Russell Westbrook and Paul George's lineup with Norman Powell. Norman Powell was pretty quiet in this game, not great defensively. He was one for six and had a little bit of a scare injury-wise. I think he's going to be okay, though. Um, Awkward landing, I think. it It was an awkward landing from my memory. Or someone landed on him. Three points, one rebound, one for six from the field, and one for two from three. It is what it is. We won the game. I don't really care. Westbrook and Tice, though, very solid. Tice, a lot of energy, but it's just tough because he's a six eight center. So, like, protecting the rim, it's that's not really what his strength is. I think it's funny. this people telling me that Tice should start over Zou just because he's a little bit more mobile, moving his feet defensively. But, like, starting a, a, a whole lineup – Hold on one second. Paul George, Russell Westbrook. Oh, I was saying that you don't want to start five guys 6'8 and under in any era of basketball. I mean, this is the only one that you'd even consider it, to be honest, but like, nah. Tice, though, I love his energy. I love what he's brought so far to the table. And what I like about him is you can kind of – Hang him around the nail or the foul line area, spacing wise. So then Russ sometimes can be in the dunker and it's not clogging the spacing as much. So because he's kind of fairly comfortable taking that ten footer, that one-handed floater more so than a zoo is. But second quarter, you know, I I think it's a it's gonna be a theme going forward. That second quarter with PG and Russ, it gives PG the license to just really look for his shot. And so I think the formula going forward is to let Kawhi get going in the first let him get five or six shots in the first Harden's obviously going to have the ball the most and then in the second quarter you let Russ and PG kind of do their thing and Paul George can start gunning and in this game in the second quarter I, don't, I wonder how many points he had in the second quarter but here, I can look at how many shots he made in the second quarter let's see Paul George second quarter one, two, three, four, five, six, four for six. So being aggressive, getting points. By halftime, he had 17 points. And he had some beautiful threes. There was one play where he – I forget who it was with this little bump <laughs> into a three. I forget if it was Duarte Duarte or Herder. It was uh, beautiful. And PG, you know how smooth it looks when he's going. And, and even after this game, even though Kawhi was our best player tonight, through 17 games, Paul George has been our best player. Not the most efficient night for Pete tonight. Only had two points in the second half. 19 points, three rebounds, seven assists for him. But only one turnover. And as a team, this is the best out of the night. Four turnovers. Four. In the whole game. I'm sorry, no, seven. Seven turnovers. In the whole game. I will take that all day. Paul George, seven for 18 from the field. Four for nine from three, so wow, he actually shot really well from three, and was three for nine from two. But like one of the one of his misses, for example, he went right into Sabonis' chest, missed the layup long, but because Sabonis was taken out on that contest, Zoo got to get a putback dunk. So like, not all misses are bad. Again, not all misses are the same. That's why you got to watch the fucking games. PG thought he was solid. Thought he was solid. Uh, a little bit too much. um, Ball pounding at times from him, but I'll take it. You know, it's okay for him to have less than 20 points one night when Kawhi goes off, and ultimately we want Kawhi to be our best player. Seven assists though for Paul George. You'll take that to one turnover. So a good second quarter for him. I thought Russ was pretty active, created some good shots right when he came in the game, had that nice give and go on an inbound where he was the inbounder and got the ball back for a dunk. Um you saw some zone. From the Clips in that second quarter, and it's so funny we did, because the, and the Kings could not hit their threes. They just were short on a lot of them. Kevin Herter was one for five. Harrison Barnes, one for three. The only, only one funny enough that was hitting them was Sabonis, who was two for three from deep, and he'd only hit, I think, seven or eight threes coming into this game tonight. So that was somewhat impressive. But Sabonis at the rim, you know, he was getting denied. By Zoo, he was 3 for 12. He was 1 for 9 from 2 in this game. Zoo bots. Big Zoo. That's the Zoo effect. Haters. Second quarter was all Clippers. 37-23. Harrison Marnes, as I mentioned earlier, was being getting blown by. Terrence was making a positive impact. Zoo protecting the rim. We're going under on Fox. He wasn't creating too much havoc. Harden was really good. Just making some really solid passes in the pick and roll or entry passes to Kawhi. Really solid lob passes as well. And what you started to see more of is Kawhi and Paul George. Mainly Kawhi setting screens for Harden. Getting that 1-4 switch. Because both teams are switching 1 through 4. And then Kawhi was getting smaller guys switched on to him. Whether it be Herder, Davion Mitchell. Fox, and when the Kings doubled, Harden one pass away, three ball. That's the offense I want to see, because Harden's bringing up the ball. He's your initiator, but you're actually running it through Kawhi. See, that's why these Harden stands, the stands are just so fucking stupid. Some of them are coming at me saying, they put the ball in Harden's hands and let him run the show. That is not what happened. He made a couple of shots, and then he actually looked at the basket. If you actually look at the way we are running our offense, it was, in fact, more Kawhi in the mid-post. From my eye test, tell me what you think. It felt like way more Kawhi in the mid-post. Kawhi in the mid-range. And then he was creating off that. Kawhi may have been the one, I'm sorry, Harden may may have been the one giving him the entry pass, but I thought Harden was actually more efficient with his touches in this game. And I thought Ty Lue, you know, everybody wants to talk shit when when the games, when the Clipper players, because they have stagnant players that are older and isolation-based, play stagnant ISO basketball. Everybody blames the coach and act like he's not running plays. You know what's happening? Teams are switching a lot, and it forces teams to go one-on-one. You know what teams would do in the past when you switched like that? You had more size on the court because it was a bigger NBA in the past, and not in terms of overall height by average, but you played bigger lineups in the past. So don't let anybody say bigger and faster and stronger. No, bigger. the league is not bigger. By size. Like you can look at any metric from the 2000s or whatnot. It's not bigger, And the lineups are not bigger. You feel me? The weight, you can look at it. It's fluctuated. When it's pacey NBA, when it's fast-paced, guys are trimming down. And when it's slower and peak slow was like, what, late 90s, early 2000s? Dudes were getting big. A lot of big dudes that get absorbed blows from Shaq. Not very skilled players, too. I'm not even going to call them out by name. But, like, they're there to do a certain job. The pace of the NBA fluctuates on. I'm sorry, the weight of NBA players fluctuates on pace. Point is, teams are playing bigger. So if teams switched, you would feed a big usually. Now it's less big, so teams can switch more, right? So now, what you got to try to do, as far as if you're the Clippers, is you got to still be able to create advantages with one-on-one play so when Kawhi and James Harden are not getting by anybody and Paul George is settling for a bunch of jumpers and teams are sagging off Russ because they don't respect his jumper, that just means our four players are not creating advantages. Do you understand? So it's not that he's not drawing up plays. I'm not saying Ty Lu is the most creative offensive coach, but if you've actually been watching, since the middle of last season, Ty Lu, I've noticed, has been calling way more sets every possession. I'm looking at other coaches and... It, as I know, watching the NBA, it's the most free reign of of any basketball level to me. Maybe, I don't know, AAU, Park League, that 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 you can argue. But in terms of, like, compared to college, they're calling out sets every single time down in college. In the NBA, you still see a lot of coaches let the point guard. Like, I watched the Pacers play last week. Rick Carlisle is letting Tyrese Halliburton put whoever he wants in the pick and roll every time down the court. Every time. Darvin Ham lets LeBron run, like, call out sets in the middle of the game. Constantly. The Clippers, it looks like Ty Lue over the last year and a half, he's been calling out sets every dead ball and like so many baskets. And I thought he ran some really good ones in this game. And people are not even going to talk about it. One of them that he ran two times in a row, and we got a bucket both times in the first, it was in the second quarter, was we ran a cross screen with Kawhi and Paul George. And I think we've been running those more than any year so far. Cross screens with Kawhi and Paul George. Setting it for each other. So Kawhi was setting the cross screen for Paul to go to get the ball iso on the left wing. And then after he would set it, Zoo would set a pin down for him for him to come up to the foul line and receive a catch and shoot. We've been running a lot of that this season where Zoo comes and sets a little screen for Kawhi to just curl to the foul line and receive the ball from the wing because it's an easier angle to pass there. And you're making the defense zero in on that iso on the left wing so they start to shift over and that can open things up a bit. So Kawhi... Knocked it down. Then the next possession, we ran the same set, and PG got to his one-on-one and and got the bounce on a jumper. So Clippers took a nice lead into the half. 72 points in the first half. It was 72 to 50. Just great. Everyone was hitting. It was the first half where it felt like Kawhi, and it was the first game really where it felt like Kawhi, Paul George, and Harden all played great. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to say Paul George played great. I think he played well. His defense was good. But I think this, I mean, I think the Clippers defense was good, but I was more impressed with the Clippers' offense. I think the Sacramento Kings were just bad tonight offensively. They're not a very good defensive team, though. We know that about Sacramento. So what you gotta do is take them out of their fast break pace, and that's by scoring, right? And then you slow the game down, which is what I don't want to say that's what Golden State did, because Golden State plays fast played fast last year, too. Curry just went off <laughs> in game seven. But yeah, 72 to 50 at the break. But I was gonna I was saying it was the first half of the since the trade where it felt like all three of them played great you know maybe you can argue one of those Spurs games but that's that's not actual basketball that's not a real basketball team without Vassell in that game so third quarter Sacramento actually outscored the Clippers 31-30 we broke even Um, but in the beginning of the quarter we were rolling on all cylinders totally rolling on all cylinders and Zubats had a monster quarter he was blocking shots protecting the rim changing shots finishing around the basket making better reads in the short roll and Again, they started respecting James Harden's jumper because he was hitting those threes. Big comes out more. You get Zoo in more four-on-three situations with more time. I think Zoo when he gets the ball on a bounce pass from drop coverage, he's processing time to make the read is too slow, and he you know he, he sees traffic. He'll put the ball on the floor, gets bum rushed, and he loses the ball. But when it's a four-on-three coming off the ball, uh, the ball handler getting blitzed. Or the big, you know, going to the level of the screen, basically doubling the ball handler. He has more time and space going downhill to make a read, and I think he can do that. So when Harden's getting that kind of attention, it's going to open a lot of things up for Zoo. I think Harden had some really nice behind-the-back passes where, you know, it just getting that off behind his back gives the defense less time to recover. So... We saw that with Terrence Mann as well. The Kings didn't start Duarte in the second half. They started Vizankov. As I mentioned earlier, we were putting him in the pick and roll and getting some really good stuff because they were afraid to switch him onto Harden or Paul George. Zoo had 12 points in the third quarter. He was just awesome. And Kawhi. Let me tell you something about Kawhi Leonard in this game. Everyone's been talking. Some people have been saying he's washed. Some people have been saying he's, his best days are past him. He's not the same Kawhi anymore. Well, let me tell you something about Kawhi. He's played 17 straight games to begin this season. I'm, I know that's the record for him as a Clipper consecutively with Paul George. I would assume, I'd have to double-check this, but I would assume it's the most games he's played consecutively as a member of the Clippers. And he did not look like he had any lift last game he has never had the most lift on his jump shot but he has had lift around the basket of course right it seems like he's gotten fatigued easier more this season and everybody's been kind of going through their theories why is it because he's coming off the meniscus and it's just one injury too many and now he's just not gonna have those legs Can he not explode anymore and dunk on guys the same way? These have been conversations. But in this game, he put that shit to rest. When I saw him try to rip, when he ripped through and got by Harrison Barnes and tried to dunk one-handed, he got fouled, by the way, and they should have called it. I was like, oh, my God. They say Kawhi's not on social media, but maybe he is. Or maybe someone's whispering in his ear, hey, man, they're saying you're washed. They're saying you got no lift anymore. The thing about Kawhi, I mentioned, I was talking to the Clippers radio guy, Adam, about this. He's never had the most lift in his jump shot, but he obviously, if you look at him on the Spurs and on the, on, the, on the Raptors, he definitely had more wiggle and just was a little quicker. Like, it's just normal. He's had so many injuries. 2021, I still think he was moving better. Just a little bit. Even though I was calling him out for not getting by guys. The thing about Kawhi, he's not been really getting by guys frequently since 2020. But he doesn't need to get by guys. He just needs to have legs at the end of games and having some elevation around the rim really helps because it's both ends of the floor, right? Kawhi, he's a mid-post killer. He's a mid-range killer. He doesn't need to blow by guys facing up. That's not his game like that, honestly. He loves the mid-post. It's obviously nice to have a little spring in your step, but I think it's more about his elevation. He's not going to blow by guys like that anymore. That's just not how it is. Harden, same kind of deal. But if guys are respecting his three-ball... He still has a little bit more of that step than Kawhi does and teams will get closer to him so he can get that step. And turning the corner on pick and rolls, I still think he can he can do that even though he's not he can't do it with the same you know pace and burst as he used to. But yeah, Kawhi was had multiple dunks and blocks where he got up pretty nicely tonight and I was like, "Oh man, he heard the slander." It was unbelievable. Best Kawhi Leonard game of the season. And let me tell you, he was looking great before the trade. Like, we weren't seeing any of this before the trade. Then we get Harden, and then you have the natural with all four of those guys starting, and it looked like everybody was just being passive. Nobody was in a rhythm. Now that you have the more the starting lineup that can actually make sense, and Kawhi is getting fed the ball, he can get into that rhythm. But the the consequence of the trade is you have him guarding better players and just Working harder defensively now. And in this game, I thought he was awesome on both ends. Great help defense. Good on-ball defense when he needed to. Rebounded. Let's see how many rebounds Boardman got. Nine. There you go. 34 points. In my opinion, his best game of the season. Better than the game against the Lakers. Better than the game against the Spurs. 34 points. Nine rebounds. Three assists. One steal and two blocks. And here's the best part. When the Sacramento Kings made their run in the 4th, and Malik Malik Monk was really kind of sparking that. Cut it to 13. It was Kawhi Leonard who shut the door. Three ball floater when a guy uh, closed out on him. Mid-range. I'm not going to give Kawhi the full credit and say that that was him closing the game tonight in a close game. Because it wasn't a close game. So I can't say that. But he sealed the deal when it got a little iffy. And that's what you want from a Superstar. This team goes as far as Kawhi Leonard takes him at the end of the day. If Kawhi Leonard's not what we saw last year, and that's what he was tonight, 2023, which wasn't that far off from 2021 at the end, second half of the season, it wasn't. That's what we need. And he looked like 2023 Kawhi tonight. People, that's all we need. Okay, so I just got... The, the statue of my boy, Stoxinio. Stocks, do you want to be a mod dude? I've asked you several times. He says, I checked up for you, Dime. Last year, he played six consecutive at most. 2022 didn't play. 2021-13. 2020-15. So, yeah, this is the most. Thank you, sir. But, yeah, Clippers took care of business. As I said, they didn't want to switch with Zankov in the pick and roll. And Harden was getting guys to come up higher on the screens. Terrence Mann was creating some really good stuff in that short roll. And Kobe Brown i like to see him get some good run. Russell Westbrook, besides, you know, one thing I hate, I talk about this all the time, no pass possessions. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. One of my basketball sins. You have to pass the ball first. And if you're going to take a shot without a pass, you better make it, one, and it better be a good shot. Westbrook, sometimes he comes up the court and he doesn't even pass and he just like posts up and shoots with one-legged shot. And it's like ridiculous, like stop. And then Davion Mitchell made a three off of it. Come on, man, I love you, Russ, but don't. Man, let me say this about Russ, though. He was making some crazy plays athletically in this game, like going for offensive rebounds. He's just a bully, dude. Like, as a guard, he is so athletic. Like, we talk about how the shape of LeBron's in at this age, but Westbrook at 35 to be looking like that, no, you know, not to sound weird, everybody knows my sexuality and I'm very comfortable with it. Jesus Christ, dude. Guy's a monster. He's a monster. Some really good stuff in the fourth quarter, like cutting. There was one time where he threw the ball to, I think it was either Kawhi or Paul George. They immediately started sagging off of him, and he dove to the basket, got the ball, and a given going, got fouled. Saw a little short roll action with him setting the screen. So I thought it was a pretty solid Russ game overall. Um, Nine points, five rebounds, eight assists, and a steal, but only 19 minutes for Russ. Two for six on the field, five for six on the line. I'm not sure if he talked to the media. I haven't checked on that. Um, he looked like he was in pretty good spirits. My boy Vlad was at the game uh, in Sacramento tonight, and... He posted this video of Russ talking to Kobe Brown. And you just see how animated Russ is. And it's like, that's what I mean. Like, the vocal leadership. Like, he is that guy for this team. And it's just hard for, like, the most vocal and most leader kind of guy on your team to be off the bench. But this is what we have to real deal with right now and probably for the rest of the season. And it might be what's better for the team. is the final score. The Kings outscored the Clips 36-29. I keep saying the Clips like I'm on Locked On Clippers. Outscored us 36-29. Even though I say us on Locked On too. I got to stop being so professional with that. It's us, we, fuck what anyone says. I'll be here after this era is over and I was here before. 131-117 is the final for the Clips. We get a huge win, our best of the season. 3-6 and on the road. We're still under 500 though, 8-9. and 5-7 5-7 and seven with James Harden. 5-2 F- and two with our new starting lineup. So 5-2 and two with Terrence starting. Thank you very much. Let's read the lines. For the Sacramento Queens. And tonight they were Queens. Malik Monk had 15 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. 3 for 8 from the field, 2 for 5 from 3 and 7 for 7 from the line in 28 minutes. I thought he was actually one of their better players. Actually put some pressure on us. Davion Mitchell... You know He's always going to play defense, but I didn't really notice him much. Nine points, three rebounds, three assists on three for seven shooting and one for five from three. Still can't shoot. 13 for 41 from three in this game. Sacramento, 32% not good at all. They shot 46.5% from the field, so not bad. And then 24 for 28 from the line, so 86%. They actually shot well there. Clippers shot seven more times. Then the Kings, Kings shot six more free throws, kind of evened out. JaVale McGee got five minutes, two points, five boards on one-of-one shooting. Kessler Edwards, former Pepperdine Wave, got some minutes, had a donut in seven minutes. was 0-for-1. Sasha Vizenkov, while he was bad defensively, offensively, he actually was pretty good in the second half. 13 points, five rebounds in the game, five for seven from the field, and three for five from three in 24 minutes. There was one time where Russ... Like, it was a pick and roll with him popping out and Russ and Norm didn't really communicate. But it was mainly because Russ didn't even, like, he acted like he couldn't play. Like, Sasha Vzenkov like, couldn't play basketball. Like, he didn't even try to get out there. Trey Lyles played 18 minutes and he was just bricking. 2 points, 5 rebounds, 1 for 5 from the field, 0 for 3 from deep. And Harden even got the step on him one time. So, if Harden's getting the step on you right now, eh, I don't know. Trey Lyles. Chris Duarte only played 13 minutes, 7 points, 3 rebounds, 3 for 6 on the field, and was 0 for 2 from 3. Kevin Herter, 7 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 turnovers. How many turnovers the Kings had? Yeah, 14. They had 10 of them in the first half, I believe. Yeah, so Kevin Herter wasn't very good. 3 for 7 from the field, 1 for 5 from 3, not scaring anybody. And then Harrison Barnes, 9 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, and a steal on 3-for-7 shooting and 1-for-3 from deep in 34 minutes. Honestly, I think Harrison Barnes should be a bench player at this stage of his NBA career. Like If you, if the Kings want to take another step, I think they should probably look into picking up one more guy. Maybe like Siakam. Although, eh, would they want that guy to be a 3-point shooter? Because is not that great off the ball. I don't know. But one more wing. Maybe even, dare I say, Zach Levine, but they don't play defense as it is. They already have Herter. I don't know. Who would you think would be I think they would need one they need one more guy to me. Take Harrison Martin, make him a bench player. He'd be so good off the bench. Um, but yeah, if you if you're getting blown by, by Kawhi and James Harden, it's not a good sign. Harrison Martin did a really good job on AD in that game they played the Lakers. I think it's because he can stay like with bigger guys. But yeah, the thing about Kawhi is it's much easier to stay with him when he's ISOing at the top of the key at the three point line. Way easier. Because you need, to, he literally has to go downhill for longer. When he's catching the ball in the mid-range, you're gonna want to get in his airspace because he can hit that shot and just rise up. So he has a chance if you're like literally, you know, in his face, he can get the step. You're that close to him, or if you're on his hip, forcing him baseline, he can get the step on you in that way. So Sabonis, so no Saboner tonight. Eleven points, five rebounds, three assists. Three for 12 from the field. Two for three from deep. And the Kings fans were all flaccid. How about De'Aaron Fox? 40 points. The quietest 40 I've ever seen. Five rebounds. Three assists. Four turnovers. 14 for 23. We're still efficient. So shout out to the fantasy fantasy guys uh, that haven't been fantasy in a, in, a, in a league that counts efficiency. Three for eight from three. Nine for ten from the line. The Kings were ass tonight. Uh, you know, I think Kings fans would agree. And now us close it out kobe brown three points in 11 minutes one for two from the field all of those shots were threes already better than pj tucker norman powell already talked about him westbrook i talked about him nine five and eight eight assists we'll take that and only one turnover ties five points three rebounds on two for five shooting in 17 minutes one for two from the line all the Clippers starters played 30 or more minutes Zubots played 30 14 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, and 3 blocks. Held Sabonis The 3 for 12. Was so solid. There was one play where he literally went right at Sabonis' chest, got hit, still went up strong, and scored. He's been really good the last couple games. Please admit it, Zoo haters. Please. 8 for 12. 66%. We'll take that. I'm sorry, no, 7 for 12. No free throws for Zoo in this game. Terrence, 18 points, three rebounds, one assist for the main man, no turnovers. What's so great about Terrence is he's just going to be okay with being off the ball. He doesn't need the ball. And sometimes less is more. You need guys like that. You have three guys that can create in the starting lineup. You have three guys that want the ball. Have a guy that's going to do all those little things and just feed off everyone's plate. That's what he does. 18 points on eight for 12. We'll take that sixty-six percent three ball still coming along. Was one for three in this game, but I was happy to see him hit one. Just got to keep shooting it. The law of averages will come around. Then the three stars in the starting lineup. Let's go. With, I already talked about Paul's stat line: nineteen point seven dimes. How about James? Twenty-six points, three rebounds, six assists. Here's the stat of the night for you: five steals for James Harden. couple of nice interceptions, and you saw it against New Orleans and Dallas passing lanes. He's never been bad at having active hands, but the off ball, being attentive, being in the passing lanes, predicting passes. That's what I'm talking about. That's what he can do. Even when he's not shooting well and he's not hitting that 3 and it's going to hurt him offensively majorly, that's what he can do. 26 points, 6 rebound, I'm sorry, 6 assists, 3 rebounds, a lot of hockey assists too just making the pass that leads to the next pass. Five steals, two turnovers is fine. It's not much. Three to one assist to turnover ratio I'll take all day. Eight for 14 from the field, five for five from the line, and five for eight from three. The Clippers as a team shot 14 for 28 from three, 50%. They didn't shoot too many, and that's when I think they're at their best. But I know the stat lovers are going to say just keep throwing them out there. I'm not about it. And then the main man with his best game of the season, Kawhi Leonard. Let me tell you something, man. I have said this over and over again, but it's been so hard to get used to having Kawhi Leonard and Paul George's Clippers. Paul George, it's it sunk in fully now, and it, and it did in 2022. But having both of them on the court together, because it just doesn't seem to last. I keep knocking. I keep on knocking. This wood has been so good so far this season. I'm gonna keep knocking. 17 in a row. But just seeing Kawhi play 17 straight games, I wish our record was better so I could be more appreciative of this. Because 8-9 is ass. But, man, Kawhi Brothers, when he's healthy, man, it's still so surreal that he's a Clipper. And now I have Westbrook and Harden. Like, Westbrook itself is insane because I'm such a big fan of his. And it's the first player that the Clippers have gotten where I was like a legit fan that I used to root for him before. Harden, my least favorite star of all time besides, like, Carl Malone. (laughs) To have him on the team is insane. Like, I remember we were losing last game. and I looked at my boy DL2 from the vlogs. And I just said, bro, like, that's James Harden wearing a clipper jersey in front of our eyes. Like, at the same stadium we've always gone to games to. Like, can you believe this? Like, even in my wildest, I'm starting to see more Harden jerseys around the stadium. Like, I've seen, like, I want to say in total, like, six so far. I always am thinking, is it a Reggie jersey or a Harden jersey? Yeah, Harden's wearing Reggie's number. I don't know if I like that. You know. Fuck out of (laughs) here. But... um. Yeah, it's surreal. Even in my wildest nightmares, I couldn't have predicted it. And I, I emphasis on nightmares, but yeah, he played well tonight. I'm gonna give it to him. How about Kawhi it though? 34 points, nine rebounds, three assists, one steal, two blocks, zero turnovers, fourteen for eighteen from the field, and was hooping in the fourth. Two for three from deep, twelve for fifteen from two. I would like him to have hit five out of his six free throws or six of them instead of four out of six. But beggars can't be choosers. 34 points in 37 minutes for the Claw. Nine rebounds. That Claw tonight. Game time, son. Clippers win it. 131 to 117. And now tomorrow we got a back-to-back against the Warriors. Our first matchup against them. And they've kind of been in disarray. So maybe tomorrow I'll give my whole scoop on the Warriors. But no CP 3 Why you ducking us, Cliff? Why you ducking us? I'm just kidding. Anyway, that's it for me tonight, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you let me know what you thought. And now to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat. Super chats are turned on if you want to jump a dollar a dime. Peace.